Hello, everyone. Pastor Tim here with you. So glad to be able to spend some time with you. For those of you who aren't able to come physically to church yet, we're so glad to have this technology to just connect with you and God's Word. And I pray God's Spirit is touching you today as we share together. And also, if you weren't with us last week or if you haven't heard yet, the Lamb of God Fellowship, we changed our name to Real Life. And, uh, you know, I explained in last week's message a lot more about why. Uh, but today, just to give a quick review on that before I get into our message for today, um, Real Life really is, is a, a, a long time for, I've been thinking about this, this, uh, this name for over 20 years. I remember when Amy and I first came to the Lamb of God Fellowship, um, and we were newly married. We came as a uh, kind of associate pastor, and mostly what I was doing was youth ministry and helping the church with some evangelistic outreach programs and things like that. Uh, within that first year, year and a half of doing ministry, God put this name on my heart. In fact, um, we were using that name for our youth ministry for several years, and it was called Real Life Ministries. But it really comes from the the passion that God has put in my heart for all of us to experience the real life that God has for us. That this isn't about religion. This isn't about following rules or uh, trying to be a good Christian. This is about experiencing life and life to the fullest. It really comes from the first verse I ever memorized as a child, John 10, 10. And that verse says, the thief, Jesus is talking, the thief comes only to rob, kill and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly or have it to the full. And this concept of having a real life, a transformed life, joy, health, peace, purpose, meaning, all of these things has just been something that has been on my heart for all of us to experience. And that's the message we want our neighbors to know, our coworkers, our fellow students, our family members, the world that there is real life, there's a real change possible through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who gave his life so that we could have it. Amen? So as real life, we're not really changing our vision, we're not changing our mission. Uh, we're just trying to better communicate this message to the world, that there's real life. There, Jesus is relevant. Our faith is real. Our God is real. And by the way, we're just real people right? We don't want to be religious people. We're real people. We want to be real with each other, authentic with each other, honest with each other. And we're going on a journey together, serving this real God who, who creates real life in all of us who trust in him. A couple of things before I get into my message, uh, I wanted to just identify about our logo, just because I, I think, think it's really cool and everything about it has a purpose. First of all, um, green, and it's a leaf, and that, and that represents growing and growth and life. And we want to always be growing. We want to be alive. We don't want our leaf to be brown and withered, right? We want to be alive with vitality, but also that it's open and it's, it's kind of got the grooves. I don't have it on my, yeah, right here on my shirt, up and to the right, which, which also means, you know, that we're growing, we're getting better, right? We're, we're, we're growing in our ability to know God. Uh, God is peeling off from us our sin, our failures, our hurts, our pains, and, um, and we're inviting, because the leaf is open, we're inviting others to join us on this journey of experiencing life in Him. And then, uh, of course, life on this shirt as well, it's bold. That's the main message to someone who doesn't go to church or someone who's tried religion and it, and it didn't work, right? Is that this is about life. This is about real life. This is about your life. 
And you can live a better story if you let God into the center of your life. And uh, so those are a couple of things about, about the, you know, about the logo and uh, the tagline. It's not on this shirt, but our tagline with our name is live a better story. And I just love that because it, it, it ties us into like the everyday kind of uh, life that we're living at. We're living a story. We don't know exactly how our story is going to go, but we're, we believe with God it's better. And I always say this, the best is yet to come. But not only that, but our story merges with God's story. He created us for a purpose. Uh, and we have that, that purpose is discovered in him. And so I want my life to be in him because my story will be better when I follow the purpose God has for my life. And we want other people around us to see that contagiousness in us, this life in us that Jesus has uh, has birthed and is growing within us. A couple other things. Uh, we have five core values here at Real Life. And I've mentioned these, uh, I think I mentioned these last week. Number one is love. And we see a need and meet it. We want to find a hurt and heal it. Uh, the second one is charismatic. We want to be spirit-filled and spirit-led in how we live our lives, right? Not just a style of worship, but this is how we live our lives. We are God-led, spirit-led, spirit-filled, spirit-directed. And freedom. We want the fullness of Christ so we can have the fruitfulness that God brings when we are filled with Christ. And we're filled with so much other stuff. And uh, it's pain, it's hurt, it's habits, it's hang-ups. It's what people have done to us, labels they've stuck on us, right? But we believe in freedom, that Jesus came to set us free from sin and its effects, from the labels, the hurts uh, that, that have happened to us so that we are not hung up on those things, but we can be filled with Christ instead of filled with bitterness, right? Filled with love instead of hate, filled with purpose instead of rejection. And so we believe in freedom here at this church. Also, we believe in scripture. We're going to talk about this one today. And not just that we should read it or know it, but that we should learn it to live it. So we are passionate about learning and living the truth. Because it's when we live it that it sets us free, right? And finally, excellence. And we discovered uh, through the scriptures and through our understanding of God's creating us that everything we do is worship. Therefore, it ought to be excellent. Everything that we do is worship to God because at the very bottom of all of this is the breath that we live the, and we're breathing right now is from God himself. So everything that we are, all that we have is from God. And so whatever we do with that, if we do it in honor of God, we are worshiping God. Therefore, it should be done with great excellence because excellence, honestly, it honors God and it inspires other people to know him. All right. Now, today I want to start on a process over the next several weeks of outline kind of our growth process here at Real Life. And it really answers four basic questions that everybody has. The first question is, how do I know God? And so today I want to start answering that question for us in our message. How do I know God? Uh, the second question we'll get to in a couple weeks is, how do I find freedom? Because I need freedom. I've got stuff that I'm dealing with. How do I find freedom? Also, what is my purpose? And so here at Real Life, we want you to know God. We want you to, to, uh, to find freedom, but also discover your purpose because you were made on purpose for a purpose by a God who is definitely a God of purpose, right? And finally, how do I make a difference? 
We all want our life to make a difference. And here at Real Life, we want to help you reach that place in your journey where you're living a better story and your story is impacting other people's story and you're making a difference. Just this last uh, week, I was given a gift from my cross country team. We never had a banquet yet. And so they've been holding on to the coach's gift for a couple of months, you know, and they gave me this awesome sweat, sweater or sweatshirt. And on it, it says a good coach can make a difference in a race, but a great coach can make a difference in a life. And I, I was so touched by that because that's really my whole goal in coaching is not just to, you know, teach athletics or to win trophies, but to impact the lives of my athletes, my students. And it was so awesome to see that messages getting through. And it was so awesome to get that sweatshirt for my team. And that's what we all want. We want our life to matter. We want to make a difference. And uh, here at Real Life, we want to help equip you to do that. So come on the journey with us and join us as we go after that abundant life, that real life that Christ made possible for us. Also, we have a new website that's getting developed. It's not completely done, but you can see it. It's www.yourreallife.com. Yourreallife.com. And also, if you're wondering about giving to the church, for now, you can continue to, if you're writing a check or you're sending to the church, you know, your support, you can continue to give to the Lamb of God Fellowship. We haven't quite finished all the paperwork and all that for that side of things. But in the next several weeks, we'll be switching completely over to real life. But for now, you can just continue to give to uh, the Lamb of God Fellowship, okay? Well, today I'm excited to talk about one of our core values and begin to answer the question, how do I know God? The psalmist makes it clear, we all hunger and thirst for God. We will look anywhere, try anything to fill that void. And a lot of us, we just don't know that that void is God. But once we find God, we realize, oh, that's what I was looking for. So we hunger for God because God made us to need him and to want him. God, you know, kind of set, set the, the uh, tilt of the scales in his favor, right? He created a gap in our soul that can only be filled by himself, his love and his presence. So there is a desire in all of us to know God and God wants you to know him. This isn't supposed to be difficult, but how do we know God? And last week, I talked about the most important thing to know about God and to experience of God first is his love, right? This is the foundation of our faith is the love of God entering into our experience, entering into our reality, touching us, saving us, and we feel the love of God, right? That's what this is based on. This is based on the love of God transforming us. But also, you know, we have these other tools, uh, some call them spiritual disciplines, that the church has been practicing for thousands of years in order to help us to know God better. And these disciplines or these practices, they are not an end in and of themselves. Otherwise, that would just be religion. They're actually an end to the means of knowing God. For instance, coming to church, prayer, worship, the Holy Spirit, uh, Christian friends, and the Bible. And so today, I want to talk about the Bible and how important it is that this tool is used so that we can get to know God. But before we get into that, I just want to highlight for you quickly, because we're not going to get into these other ones today. We don't have enough time for all of these. Each of these other 
spiritual disciplines and how important they are. So let me just say a couple of sentences, sentences about each of these, okay? First of all, church helps me know God better. This is our spiritual family. And you are to be committed to church, to a spiritual family, so that you can grow uh, from one another, be sharpened by others, so that you can be supported when you have needs and you have issues in your life. You need a team, you need a family, you need a support system, so that you can also serve with the gifts God has given you. You need a place to serve and to offer the purpose to fulfill that purpose for which God has made you. And also so that you can learn how to love. Learn how to love people that actually, you know, you might not like. There's some people you won't like that God wants you to learn how to love. So he uses the church to help us discover more of who he is and also uses the church as part of his provision and blessing in our lives to teach us, to grow us, you know, to just help us to discover who he really is, okay? The second one, we're not gonna talk about this one much either, is prayer. But prayer is the currency of heaven. Let me say that again. It's the currency of heaven. This is how you get what Jesus said to get through prayer. He said, pray this way, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus says, this is the point of prayer. We use prayer to access the will of God to change what's on the earth and align it with God's purposes for our lives. And this helps us to know God even better. Prayer is the tool in which we take the breath of God and we speak the words of God and the will of God to establish his kingdom on the earth. It's awesome. So we need to be praying. But prayer really helps us connect with God, doesn't it? Helps us to know God better. So come to church and pray, pray, right? Thirdly, worship. Now, worship is not just us singing songs or something like that. Actually, worship is a lifestyle of living in the presence of God. And so how do we live a lifestyle of worship all day long? Well, we need to tune into the fact that God is with us wherever we go. God is in everything that we are doing. He is everywhere that we are. And worship is recognizing the presence of God and thanking him and, and uh, just being aware of him and engaging in his presence in all that we do, in all that we do. So worship is recognizing God in everything we do and everywhere we go. The Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is God, right? But it's specifically the presence and power of God with us 24-7. Jesus is alive, but he's seated, uh, seated, excuse me, at the right hand of God the Father in the heavenly realms, right? In the, in the, in the earthly throne room. But he sent the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, to live with us and in each and every one of us. So we are never alone. We are never without access to God's understanding, wisdom, grace, power, courage, whatever we need, the gifts of God, because the gifts of God, the presence of God, the power of God is with us and in us at all times. So this certainly, the Holy Spirit certainly helps us to know God because it's God himself, right? And to grow in that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And finally, Christian friends. Another great gift that God has given us to help us experience him. There's so many qualities of God that I have learned because it came out of a person to me. And that's why we need each other. We're better together. And God created us to be a family, a body, a unit, 
where no one has everything they need unless they tap into each other around them, right? That's why we need a body. We all have different parts. We all have different places, different, different giftings, but we all come together and we have everything that we need, right? As Jesus is our head. Here's what the Bible says we are called to do with one another. We are called to love, be devoted to, serve, honor, accept, agree with, build up, pray for, it's a long list, encourage, bear with, forgive, do good to, be humble with, be gentle to, be patient with, submit to, value, and spur on one another. Now, you cannot do any of these things without others, right? And that's why we need each other, Christian friends. So the Christian faith has never been a solely individualistic journey. This, we are a family, we are a body, and we need each other. Now, let's get into today's message, okay? We're talking about the scripture. We're talking about the Bible. How do I know God? I believe the greatest uh, tool that God has given us to know him Outside of all these other things, of course, the Holy Spirit within us, he's the master presence of God all the time, but is the word of God, the word of God and the Holy Spirit together. And I just believe that this is the, um, the greatest way for us to really grow in our knowledge of God and faith in God, to experience him. And also, I believe it's one of the most neglected spiritual disciplines of all of these and yet it's, I think, the most powerful one outside of the Holy Spirit himself, because that's God, right? So why do you suppose we don't read and study and meditate the word of God? Why do you think some people don't do that? Maybe you're one of them and you're like, yeah, I probably should be doing more of that. Yeah, I probably should do, you know, kind of always kind of feel that nagging kind of like, I probably should be doing more, but, uh, but what? But why? Why don't you think we do that as much? I just, I don't know. Is it because we don't have the time? or we don't choose maybe to make the time. Is that why? Uh, maybe it's because we have a negative view of reading the Bible. Uh, for instance, maybe it's something that we feel we're supposed to do. Just kind of like as a kid, you know, we're supposed to brush your teeth. Well, I don't want to brush my teeth, you know, just because it's not fun. And maybe the, reading the Bible just to us seems like a chore, right? We don't want to do it. Or maybe it reminds us of Oh man, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that either. Oh, I'm not good enough. And maybe it, get, it condemns us in a, in a weird sort of way. And we just don't want to be reminded of what we're not doing right or what we're not doing enough of or something. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Maybe is it because we don't understand it? I've talked to some people that I try to read the Bible. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Or maybe it's because we don't see the relevancy of it. Or we just feel like we're wasting our time because it doesn't really apply to my life. I'm not getting anything out of it. Well, I don't know why. I don't know what, what maybe it's different reasons for different people. But I want to change some of that for you today. Because this is such a powerful tool to help you know God. Not, not a religious tool, but a life-giving tool so you can really experience Him. So over the course of my life, I've made some major attitude adjustments with regards to the Bible. And I want to share those with you. Three, three of the attitude adjustments I've made. I've probably made a lot more than that too. But here's the top three with regards to the scripture that has helped me uh, totally see the Bible differently now than I did 20, 30 years ago, okay? Number one, this is not about a religious requirement, but about spending time with God. 
and listening to him and experiencing him and hearing him and just, just being with God. Now, to be honest, when I was younger, this was a religious duty. I felt obligated to do it. That was the right thing to do, right? It was what I should do. It was what a good Christian does. So I had this religious obligation to read the Bible, to memorize scripture, to do all that kind of stuff. But honestly, it didn't give me much life. But when I dis discovered that this isn't about something I ought to do or should do to be a good Christian, this is how I actually experience God, get to know God. Man, it just started to change my whole world. And it changed my appetite for the Bible. So that's, that's attitude number one. It's not a religious thing. This is actually spending time with God. I'm not just reading a book. I'm actually spending time with God. I'm talking. He's talking to me. The words are coming alive to me, right? All right, number two. This is not about learning rules. Again, this was my attitude in the, in when I was younger. I got to learn what I'm supposed to do. I got to learn what I'm not supposed to do. But this is not about learning rules, but about changing my mind so that I can access this real life that Jesus made possible for me, this abundant life. This is all about me finding life principles so I can become more alive, more free, more full of joy, more clear in my purpose. And so it totally changed my outlook on the scriptures. Instead of like, oh, I'm supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to do that. No, it was all about, wow, if I start to access these promises of God, look at how this is going to change my life. Wow, this is so cool. So attitude number three was also for me, now this is more personal, that this is not about wasting my time or my life, if you will. But this is about saving and directing and actually giving me life. Again, if you have a religious attitude about your faith or about the Bible, all of this feels like heaviness, like I'm supposed to do that. I need to learn the rules, right? Well, but, but in the end, I just feel like I'm just wasting my time because it doesn't do anything for me. In fact, I feel worse sometimes seeing a, what a bad person I am when I look at the Bible or uh, I don't understand it. That makes me feel bad, you know? Uh, but all of that stuff is coming from the wrong foundation of religion. But when you get the foundation of love in your heart and you see that all of this is how you get to know God more, experience more of his love, his peace, access more of his promises. Your life can be more fuller and alive in him. It totally changes your whole attitude about the scriptures. And I pray that for you because it has been awesome to go through that change for me personally. Now, one of our core values, of course, that I mentioned before is scripture and it's learning and living the truth. And there's three reasons that reading and studying and meditating on God's word helps us know God. I want to give you three reasons how that helps us, okay? The first one is because the word of God is Jesus. The first reason why reading, studying, and memorizing and meditating on the scriptures helps us to know God is because the word of God is God. It's actually him. The Bible tells us it's Jesus. John 1 verse 14 the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word, the word became flesh. Jesus, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John 1, 17 and 18 says, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through the name Jesus Christ. This is who the word is, Jesus Christ. 
No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only who is at the Father's side, Jesus, has made him known. Here's what this verse is saying. Jesus, who is the word, came from heaven to earth, put flesh and blood on, and he, by living among us and by speaking to us, and we saw him, we beheld him, we heard him, we have his words recorded. It says that he revealed the Father to us. So if you want to know God, you need to know Jesus. If you want to know Jesus, then he is the word of God. You see? So we are spending time with Jesus. We're not spending time with a religious book. We are spending time with Jesus. All right, that's number one reason. Number two reason why reading, studying, and meditating on God's word helps us to know God is because the word of God is alive. This is not a stagnant book. This book was written over the course of many years by many different people all compiled together. So some portions in this in this book are, you know, thousands of years old. Some, some 20, maybe 2,800 years old, right? And yet this book is still alive and it still speaks to us today. It speaks to each and every one of us individually because it's alive. Here's what the Bible says about itself, okay? Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Bible, the word of God, is not just Jesus, but it is also alive. When we spend time in the word of God, the word of God helps us to know more about God's perspectives, about who we are, who he is, what's, what's going on inside of us. And we begin to discover God's plan for our life, God's will for our life, God's thoughts, his attitudes, and all of that. It's beautiful. So the word of God is Jesus and the word of God is alive. And number three, reason for reading and studying and meditating on God's word, how that helps us know God, is that the word of God is full of the spirit. Full of the spirit. It's not just alive. It is full of the presence of God. This is amazing. Jesus said this in John 6, 63. He said, the spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. So what do you want? You want more flesh or you want the spirit? We all, huh? I want more spirit, right? The spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. Then he goes on to say, the words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. Think about that. He's saying these words that I have spoken to you, that we are now reading on pages that we can speak out loud, which I just spoke some of his own words right there. He says, the words themselves are full of the presence of God, the spirit of God, and they're full of life. Therefore, once we taste these words, we, we kind of digest these words, we are meditating on these words, and we're speaking these words, there is, the spirit is filling us, and life is filling us. Oh man, talk about an attitude change. This is a whole different ballgame that I can taste and eat of the spirit of God and life, life can come upon me just like I eat bread uh, to fill my physical needs. I can eat the word of God and be filled spiritually with life and the spirit. Whoa, yeah, I'll take some of that. I'll take some of that, right? Second Timothy 3. 16 to 17 says, all scripture 
is breathed of God. It is filled with God's spirit, right? All scripture is God breathed from his spirit and is useful for doing all these things for us, teaching us, rebuking us, correcting us, and training us in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We have everything we need to do everything God has called us to do right here in his word. And his spirit through the word teaches us, corrects us, trains us. He does everything that we need to be filled with his spirit, filled with his life. Isn't this awesome? Now, there's a big difference, okay? And for me, this is kind of a personal journey, but I've learned there's a big difference between how I used to think about trying to be a good Christian versus now how I think about being, experiencing real life. These are two kind of opposing foundational points where I have come from. I wanted to be a good Christian for all the wrong reasons. I had to prove myself to God. I had to prove myself to this world. I had to find my value in my faith. I had, you know, by, by religiously being, being good at that. I didn't understand the grace of God. I didn't understand how much God loved me. I didn't understand that really all God wanted was for me to completely submit and surrender to him and let him live through me. Not me be a better me, but let me be filled with more of him. I didn't understand that. So for me, I was under a lot of pressure, a lot of self-imposed pressure to be a good Christian. And it tainted my perspective of the scriptures, of giving, of serving, of all kinds of things. It was just all tainted because it was coming from the wrong motive. It was coming from the motive of religion. It really was. But now God has changed my heart. And I see, I don't, I don't, I'm not into the religion. I'm into the life. I want all that God has for me. I want that abundant life that he came to give me, you see? And so that's the difference. And what good would it be for us to read the Bible religiously under the motive of religion and read three chapters a day and check a box, but not have encountered God's presence, not have heard from God speaking to our heart, not have this real relationship with God, but a religious relationship. I did my three chapters. I memorized my verse. I checked my boxes. Boy, aren't I doing a good job. I'm a good Christian. So what? Who cares? Didn't change your life. You see, the Bible is not a means to you becoming a super religious person. It is a means for you to meet with God, to touch God's heart, to have God touch your heart, to hear him speaking to you, to then live this new way out and experience the blessings and abundance of God, this real life that God has for us. That's the whole point. You might only need one word, one verse, one chapter to have that experience, to taste of God, to be filled spiritually with his presence, to have direction and wisdom and courage coming straight from him as opposed to someone who's just reading religiously just to get through it and somehow earning some kind of religious points, you see. And so my desire is that you are transformed by the word of God because that is where you come alive. We don't just learn it. We learn it to live it because the living is what sets us free and changes us. That's why Paul said this in Romans chapter 12 too. He said, do not conform to the patterns of this world any longer. And what he's saying is, don't think like the world, live like the world, be like a world robot, you know, doing the same thing everybody else is doing. Don't conform to that, but be trans, 
transformed by renewing your mind according to God's word. Then you will understand what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you let God change your mind on a consistent basis, you will experience a, an incredible transformation in your life. That's what God wants to do. He wants to meet with you, talk with you, encourage you, meet you right at your point of need, your point of confusion, your point of desperation, your point of joy, whatever you, wherever you're at, God wants to be a part of that with you. And so this is about me and you spending time with God, allowing him to change us, right? And no one else can do this. No one else can change my mind. No one else can change your mind, right? But... You're the only one who can do that. You're the only one who can change your mind. And so when we're talking about this verse, we're really talking about something that we need to be intentional about. So I just wanted to give you three more encouraging points as I wrap this message up of some of the benefits from reading, studying, and meditating on the word of God. Okay, there's some powerful verses here I want to share with you as we start to close this up. Number one, one of the benefits is we become prosperous and successful in everything we do. This is what the Bible says. Joshua 1.8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Be talking about it all the time. Meditate on it day and night so that you're careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So the Bible tells us if we will speak, think about, and do it consistently, day and night. This is a lifestyle. It's not once a week, or it's not from Sunday to Sunday, or from a message from Pastor Tim on Sunday. I'm going to wait till the next week before I you know, hear another Bible verse. That's not what this is saying. This is saying the person who is talking about the Word of God, speaking and confessing it over their life, who's meditating and thinking about the Word of God day and night throughout their day, and they are careful to do it. They're living it, right? What does it say? You'll be prosperous and successful. Well, sign me up. Sign me up. I mean, what else are we meditating on all day long, day and night? Well, a lot of us, we're used to meditating on the news. We're used to meditating on our problems. We're used to meditating on our favorite hobbies, right? But the Bible says if you will meditate on the word of God, you will know the will of God, You'll begin to do the will of God and you will be prosperous and successful. That's awesome. Talk about a great benefit. Wow. So when we think, make a daily, we, when we make a daily lifestyle of, of allowing God's word to change our minds, to heal our hearts, to strengthen our faith, that's when we become prosperous and successful. Okay. The second benefit is we enjoy a life of healing and freedom when we read, study, and meditate on God's word consistently. We enjoy a healthy life, a, a life of freedom. Let me read a couple of verses to you. James 1.21. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So when we let the word get planted into our soul, it grows and it saves us. Now, the word for saving uh, really has a three-prong three uh, definition. It means to be forgiven. It means to be healed. And it means to be delivered, forgiven of our sins, healed of our hurts and our sicknesses and diseases. And it also means uh, to be delivered from bondages and evil and brokenness. Pretty awesome. 
James 1.25 goes on to say, the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, living it, he will be blessed in what he does. So the law gives us freedom. The Bible gives us freedom. It saves us, which means healing, healing us, delivering us, forgiving us. And then I love this passage out of Proverbs chapter four, verse 20 to 22. It says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body, healing to one's whole body. What are you saying, pastor? What is that saying? What the Bible is saying is if you take his word and you have a steady diet of his word and you're listening, you're looking, you're saying, you're treasuring it in your heart, the word of God itself will bring life to you and health to you. Wow. Now, let's just think about the opposite. When we are chewing on, digesting, staring at, and thinking about and treasuring inside of our heart, words of depression, of negative circumstances, of problems that we don't know how to resolve, and we're chewing, and we're studying, and we're thinking, and we're going to bed, you know, consumed with those thoughts, what does that do to us? Doesn't that bring forms of death to us, like headaches and insomnia and ulcers and sicknesses? And diseases? <laughs> yes, it does. This is not far-fetched. What are you dwelling on? What are you chewing on? What are you staring at? What are you thinking and meditating about? If it's the word of God, it's going to produce life and health to you. Hallelujah. This is awesome. All right. Finally, the third, um, uh, you know, third benefit that I see that I want to share with you today from reading studying, meditating on the word of God is this. We live a life of fruitfulness and impact. Our life begins to make a difference. Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. They delight in the word of God, right? And who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. You want to be like a tree planted by streams of water? You are producing fruit. You are, you are never withering. You, no matter what age you are, you're not deteriorating. The best is yet to come. Your fruitfulness continues throughout your life. And whatever you do, it prospers. You prosper. Oh, man, that's awesome. This is what the word of God does for us. We become prosperous and successful. We have a life of healing and freedom. And we live a life of fruitfulness and impact. So this is personal. This is intentional. This takes time. It requires consistency. This is a lifestyle for you and for me. And this is how you get more of God and his will being accomplished in your life. So as I close this message, I want to encourage you to come by, pick up one of these, my life journal. This is a tool I've been working on this year. I'm releasing volume number three 
this coming week. If you haven't tried this yet, I'm going to encourage you. We've got volume one, we have volume two, and now we're coming out with volume number three. And inside of this journal is an opportunity for you to take one verse a week and meditate on it, memorize it. And I've taught you how to do that. You can write it out. You get a journal. You get to practice it. And only five minutes a day after a week, you'll have that memorized. But not just that. Every day, God will be speaking something new to you from his word. And this will train you on how to know God through his word. So I really highly encourage you to try this out. These things are free. Just come by the church and pick one up and give it a whirl. I, I believe that God is going to bless you as you begin to pursue him. And if you've never done this before, just try this first because this is just going to take one verse at a time. It'll teach you how to engage with God and to hear from God and to know God better. Okay. Now, also, before I pray for us and we finish this message, I do want to mention a couple of things. Number one, that we are going to be doing a water baptism here at the church on May 2nd. So if you'd like to get water baptized on that Sunday, you can go on our website and you can sign up for this. But we want you to come to a class the week before. Okay, so we have a water baptism class on April 25th at 12 o'clock here at the church right after our Sunday morning service. I hope you can make that. We'll have a light luncheon for you as I go through the purpose of baptism and give you, you know, answer your questions on how we're going to do that. And then May 2nd, we're going to do water baptisms here at the church at the 10 a.m. service. Also, if you're thinking about coming to church, we have only one service right now. It's at 10 a.m. And as soon as you feel comfortable to come, we'd love to have you. Now, as I pray for us and we finish this topic, I pray that God would light a fire inside of you to get into his word, to know him better. God isn't trying to hold back from you. He has given us all these tools for us to know him. So step out, grow your faith by reading the word, studying the word, meditating and memorizing the word to meet with God, to know God, not to be a good Christian, but to experience the real life that God has for you. And if you don't know Jesus today, I want to invite you to invite him into your life as your Lord and Savior. He loves you. He died for you. You can be forgiven of all your sins, no matter who you are, what you've done. God loves you. He made you to be with him forever. So accept his invitation of love and grace today and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If that's your desire, pray this prayer with me, okay? Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. You came for me to rescue me from my sin. And today, I place my faith in you as my Lord and as my Savior. I want and I need this real life that, that I've been hearing about today. And I believe it's in you, Jesus. You said you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. So today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior in your name. Amen. Amen. Congratulations and welcome to the family of God. I also want to pray a, a blessing on you before you go. And this is the blessing I like to leave us with every week. Okay. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in his name. May the word of God dwell in you richly this week. May you experience more of him. May you see him 
Feel him, know him. May he lead, guide, protect, encourage you in everything that you're doing this week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Hope to see you soon.